February 14th, 2023. We're continuing in Maseche Berachot. We're on the Yod Bet Amud Aleph. If you count up from when the lines widen, it's 15 lines up, right in the middle of the line. Makom she'amru leha'arich. The Gemara begins a conversation which will extend some 20 or so lines with the following word, Peshita. The following statement is simple. Sometimes the Gemara will have that word Peshita as a question. Over here it's a lead-in. The following is simple. Of course, the after statement will be, but this is my question. So here's the simple statement. Hecha, when de kanakit kasa de hamra If a person is holding, nakit, holding, kasa, kos, a cup, de hamra, of wine, biyade in his hand. The kasada, but the person who's holding that cup of wine, thinks, de shichrahu. In their mind, they're holding a cup of beer. Why are they un- incapable of distinguishing? I don't know, maybe it's a large cup and the beverage is uh, deep in and they're not able to make it out. Maybe they didn't pay attention, someone filled it up for them. Whatever the circumstances, that's the theoretical circumstance. They're holding wine, believing that it's beer. Upatah, and uh, the individual uh, begins their beracha, umivarech, and they say, Baruch atah Hashem, Elokeinu melech ha'olam, adata with the mindset that that's beer. So they're about to say, Shakol bidvaro. Visiem, but their conclusion, in other words, their final words are, Bidehamra. They realized midway through, that's why we'll explain it like Rashi for now, that it was wine. So, Baruch HaTashem, Elokeinu Melech if you got into their mind, you see, they're thinking that they're going to say, Shakol bidvaro. Ultimately speaking, they realize, and they say, Bore Peri now, that's the interpretation of the Gemara according to Rashi. Rif and Harambam have a different approach, which we'll discuss separately. Let's work with the interpretation of the Gemara according to Rashi right now. What's the halacha in such a circumstance? Yasa. That's simple that the biracha is sufficient. Even though half of the biracha, quote-unquote, had the wrong mindset, believing that you're about to say shehakol because you thought it was beer, and only the second part is when you realized, again, according to Rashi, that it's wine, and you finished with you fulfilled your mitzvah, or you fulfilled, rather, the necessary words for beracha. Are we talking about if he stopped in the middle, should he continue? Or he already continued? Done. Do we, have do to we do now something? make a new beracha? Okay, so he's done. Right now, he's not advising someone to do this. We don't know. This maybe is a case. yes, maybe it no. happened. But if you're in the middle and you happen to keep going, you're good. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. Um, uh, now, again, I mentioned, and I'll just briefly say, Harambam, for example, Reef, uh, really leading him, reads this uh, a bit differently. Um, instead of you finished with the proper words, you finished Shehakol Niyabit Varo and then quickly said, Borepriya Gefen. That's the reading of it according to different. It might be very different, but for our purposes, we're going to read it like Rashi anyway for now. The reason we're certain that you fulfilled your mitzvah in such a circumstance, excuse me, you, you fulfilled the beracha in such a situation, because even if, in other words, your mindset was to say on wine, you still yotze. It's not ideal, but you fulfilled it. And after all, the Mishnah will tell us later on in the Masechet, uh, this is a Mishnah of Mema Mudalef, Al-Kulam, on all beverages, including, and all foods for all intents and purposes, including wine. If a person were to say that it was all created, all came about through the word of God, though that Beracha, Yasa, 
you fulfilled. So in other words, even though my initial statement was with the mindset of Shehakol, and I ultimately speaking say Bore Priyagifin, the Shehakol would have fulfilled my obligation of Beracha on this wine. My question, however, is not in such a circumstance, but in the flip. That's right. When the kanakit kasad is You're holding a cup filled with beer. But in your mind, the cup has wine. It's in your hand. You believe that it's wine. Your initial words, Baruch HaTashem, had in mind, I'm going to say, Bore Priyagifin. Visiem, but your concluding words are, oh my goodness, in your mind you said, this is actually beer. Now we all know that if you were to say, which is a reference to grapes and wine and grape juice, on beer, on water, on apple juice, you're not fulfilling anything with regards to an appropriate beracha. So therefore, our question, the Gemara says, is my, what's the halacha when you're holding beer, Believing that it's wine, the first half of your beracha is with the mindset of Bore Priyagefin, but your conclusion is properly Batar, after, like Bava Batra, Batar Ikar Beracha, Azlinan, Azil means to go, Anan means us. Do we go based on the initial part of the beracha, Baruch Hatashem Melchalam, or or alternatively, do you have to pay attention as well? Batar, or, or specifically, Hatima Azlinan. Do we go based on the conclusion of the biracha, the final words? That's the statement, uh, or that's the question, really, that we'll grapple with. I'll give you already a little bit of a uh, spoiler. The spoiler is the Gemara never has a maskana. The Gemara will grapple with this. We'll have proofs in one way and another, and we'll disprove and suggest that they're not a proper ra'ayah. And the Gemara never comes to a conclusion, which of course begs the question, which we won't address today per se, what would we do if the Gemara doesn't give us a maskana? It should be noted already at this point, though. Um, the question of Tosafot. You'll find the Tosafot on the left-hand side. It's the fourth Dibur HaMathil, Lo Le'ituye Nahama. And, of course, this Tosafot is a few lines later in the Gemara, but not for our purposes, not the issue. It's the final words in Tosafot. If you skip down about 10 or 12 lines in Tosafot, in the middle of the line it says, Vihiksha. Do you see those words? Vihiksha harav rabbeinu Yaakov mikinon. What's the first word in line? First word in line is Shehu. Yeah. One of the Ba'alei HaTosafot of Bi'akov of Kinon. He asked the following. What's the Gemara's question? The Gemara will, in just about a page, a daf and a half or so, have a mahlok about whether mitzvot sirichot kavana or not. In truth, his assumption is just to put those words as simply as we can, as a person performs a mitzvah, is it necessary that they be aware of the mitzvah that they're doing, mindfully so? That's not to say the philosophy or the ta'ameha mitzvah which underlies it, but do they know as they're performing this mitzvah that they're doing that mitzvah? The example that the Mishnah will bring later on is in Masechet Rosh Hashanah as well, is you're walking outside of Knis and you hear them reading from Megillah. Walking outside of Knis and you hear them blowing shofar. In such a circumstance, your mindset was not per se to fulfill the mitzvah. You didn't realize that there was a mitzvah in that moment. Did you nonetheless fulfill it? 
Now that, in turn, says Rabbi Yaakov of Kinon, that should be an issue in our Gemara. Our Gemara should say, I'm, re, I'm re, um, restructuring his question. His question is with the assumption, in which case he says he doesn't understand the whole conversation in our Gemara. Alternatively, our Gemara should have said, listen, this is all a question of mitzvot tzirichot kavana. According to the opinion, mitzvot tzirichot kavana. So then this issue doesn't begin. It already touches on this issue. It's in Shohan Aruch in Siman Samech of mitzvot tzirichot kavana. And let's read the answer of Tosafot and then reference one other uh, detail with regards. The Haya Omer Hari, Ri of Ba'aleha Tosafot suggested that issue of or not is in a particular type of case. It's the example we gave you outside of the Knis and you heard them praying, you heard them uh, reading, you heard them sounding the shofar and you didn't realize. Aval. Here it's different. Here there's an opposite kavana or a wrongful kavana. Tosafot therefore suggests this would be altogether different. It's not just that you had a lack of kavana, of intentionality, of mindfulness. It's that you had the wrong intentionality and mindfulness. It's in this context that Rabbeinu Yonah, Tamideh Rabbeinu Yonah, in the back of our Gemara, uh, refers to what many people until till today do. It's interesting the way he particularly uh, phrases it, if I remember correctly. He writes that uh, on Saturday nights when there's husband, wife, and children in Knis. That's fascinating in and of itself. He's in Spain, Rabbeinu Yona, but he's referring to, or his students are referring to the fact that the whole family is in Knis on Saturday night. This is before they were doing Hatara on some Saturday nights, right? Anyway, regardless, envision it like today, where there might be a husband in Knis on, on, on Motzei Shabbat, and they hear Havdalah. And then they come home and they repeat the Havdalah. Now, let's say they're doing it for themselves. If they're doing it for the family members when they come home, it's altogether a different situation. Did they fulfill it in Knees? But we have a, a Kelal, a principle. Afal Pishi Yasa, Motsi, it's a Gemara at the end of Masechet Rosh Shana. But over here, they're doing it for themselves again at home. But you already fulfilled it in the Knees. Says Rabbeinu Yonah, but your intention was not to fulfill it in Knees. And if you have opposite intentionality, that makes it that even if Mitzvot Enan Serichot Kavana, even if I have these sorts of doubts of whether I can fulfill it or not, opposite intentionality nullifies the fulfillment of that mitzvah. Did he have opposite intentionality? The assumption is if you're in your mind, I'm going to make Havdalah again at home, whether you specifically said it in your mind or with your lips, that I'm not fulfilling it, that's why you're doing it. You're doing it again at home because we, you know, as does everyone around you, that when you repeat it at home, it's because you didn't have intention in Knis. You know, it comes up, for example, in the context of Svirata Omer as well. It comes up by Nitilat Lulav. I'll give you two, those two examples. In uh, Svirata Omer, there's a question. You see, in many of the Syrian Batekinesiot, and others as well by extension, although, and we'll discuss what the old Minhag was, but although the, the old Minhag doesn't appear to have been that way, but the Hazan or the Rabbi will make the Berachah Sirat Omer and then count the Omer. There's a question when a person says Amen to that Berachah, do they fulfill the Mitzvah or the Berachah of Sirat Omer? After all, they heard it. Again, if you look, for example, in the Kol Yaakov Sidur on page 174, uh, it reflects what was the uh, Minhag, uh, at the very least uh, based on what, what it appears to have been in Halab in Aleppo. Our custom, he writes, uh, writes the Sidur, is that the congregation counts and then the Hazan. That's interesting in and of itself. 
Oh, it's interesting, the wording. It says that they count. We assume they count with the biracha and then the hazan, of course. But it's not the way it's generally speaking done. So how do you fulfill it in such a circumstance? Uh, maybe it's a biracha levatala. Once I heard his biracha, I can then repeat the biracha on my own. He made the biracha. Everyone said, amen. Alternatively, since we know that we're going to make the biracha afterwards, again, we don't have positive intention to fulfill. Anyone who can't make the biracha might have in mind, you missed the day in the Omer, so that's why he's making it to a certain extent. He says, Bershut morai verabotai, and everyone says, Shemaim, so you're fulfilling it. But if my mindset is that I'm going to make the biracha afterwards, we're relying on this famous opinion of Tosafot, which is really articulated in Rabbeinu Yonah. It comes up as well in the context of Nitilat Lulav. You see, the way it works with Nitilat Lulav is the Gemara in Masechet Sukkah, on Daf uh, Lamed Aleph states, if I'm not mistaken, From the moment that a person raises the lulav, they fulfill the mitzvah. Well, that being the case, again, we're not going to be talking about beracha per se in this moment. I, I can't really make the beracha nitilat lulav as I'm holding the nitilat, as I'm holding the lulav. Because the moment I picked up the lulav, I already fulfilled my mitzvah. Now again, there is a mahlokit about whether uh, a beracha can't be said after I already fulfilled. In other words, ideally it's ovela asiyata to make the beracha beforehand. If I already picked up the mitzvah and fulfilled to a certain, can I make the beracha afterwards? It's well known as a mahlokit between harambam and orzarua. But that notwithstanding, I'd rather avoid that sort of uh, situation. So what some people do, and the Rishonim discuss, this is turn the lulav upside, excuse me, the etrog upside down. The mitzvah has to be kederech kedelatan. And as a result, if you're holding it the wrong way, you can't be fulfilling the mitzvah, you turn it upside down, and then when you make the beracha, you turn it upright. For a long time in my life, for one reason or another, I believe that was the custom of our community. And I looked around and I noticed nobody seems to be doing that. Then I believed as well, and this is another suggestion, you make the beracha and then you pick it up. Leave it down, leave the, the etrog down, make the beracha and then pick it up. Then I noticed nobody does that either, because again, the only way you fulfill mitzvah is the four minim together. Alternatively, and I believe this is the rationale, whether it was ever articulated as such or not, I'm comfortable with you know, my students and my congregation doing this, is that the understanding is I'm not fulfilling this mitzvah until I have the intention to fulfill it. Now, what do you mean? Maybe mitzvot and sirichot kavana, maybe we need to go lehumra on that. The fact that I'm going to make the beracha afterwards is revealing that I have intentionality not to fulfill this mitzvah. Now, is it better, so to speak, to have that particularly and specifically in mind as you pick it up? I'm not fulfilling this mitzvah until I make the beracha? Certainly. But to a certain extent, you're demonstrating that by making the beracha afterwards that I didn't have in mind, even though I could have fulfilled it in this moment. All right, that's one conversation with regards to this matter. Rabbeinu Yonah as well suggests a different interpretation. It's a longer conversation. We'll very briefly touch on it. I should just note on that first approach, it's not accepted universally. We, generally speaking, do mention, if I'm not mistaken, Hamtak Shehebar even mentions it in the context of Sefirat HaOmer, that you could do it like this, depend on Rabbeinu Yonah, in this book, Yitzhak Yiranin, um, uh, republished now, and I forgot, I think it's still called Yitzhak Yiranin, right? The republished one, it's elsewhere, but um, uh, not everyone agrees. Ture Evin and Masechet Roshana and others disagree with this principle, that negative kavana can really be so to speak, destructive and nullifying mitzvot and ansirichot kavana. I, I will repeat as well, we need to return to the whole issue of mitzvot sirichot or ansirichot kavana in terms of Pesach in Siman Samech, but we'll do that in the Gemara later on. Another approach, just very briefly before we move on, we're in the Gemara, 
which Talmidei Rabbeinu Yonah mentioned, is that maybe on mitzvot shebadibur, when it comes to speech, the conversation and the debate of mitzvot sirichot kavana or not, never arose. It's specifically on mitzvot shebemaaseh. Maybe that's when we talk about, well, did my action, did my... when it's on dibur, maybe everyone over there agrees that mitzvot enan sirichot kavana. Maybe in that circumstance, uh, you know, even, saying, yeah. uh, by, by just saying it, excuse me, did I say that wrong? By just saying it, mitzvot sirichot kavana. Maybe in that context, and, and in which case, in our Gemara, where we're talking about speech, so you certainly need kavana. And the Gemara is assuming mitzvot sirichot kavana. Of course, that's far from simple because as we mentioned later on, we talk about speech to a certain, but it's not your speech, it's listening to another speech. Okay, that all needs to be discussed and developed. When we get there, it should just be mentioned over here. Also it gets discussed over here. It's an interesting up. point. Um, you see, Lashem Yehud, the background of Lashem Yehud was really that it was done mystically. Al Piya Kabbalah started, started some time ago. We, we talked about this on, on, on more than one occasion, really, but uh, in, in different classes. But in terms of the later development of Lashem Yehud, which most notably, and, and it's a good point that you mentioned, that is that um, the rationale was even if you're not a Kabbalist, even if you don't know what you're saying per se, you're not effectively saying Lashem Yehud before the performance of Mitzvah, Tefillah or Beracha, still at the very least it gets you into the mindset of this Beracha. So Chacham Vadya Yosef famously and, and memorably in his Chazon Ovadya, his first Chazon Ovadya, the one on Hilchot Pesach, he uh, rationalized, he quoted from Ritva at the beginning of Masechet Pesachim that any time a person makes a Beracha, the beracha, which precedes the mitzvah, is my way of injecting the kavana. So instead of needing the l'shem yehud to inject the kavana, I can do it with a beracha. But you do mention in that context, and we've discussed this, how Chacham Vadya Yosef, when it came to mitzvot, not all, but some mitzvot which were specific in terms of speech, as opposed to action as well, he would go out of his way to say l'shem yehud. And the, the speculation is, well, maybe because in those contexts you need that kavana more than when I have a ma'aseh. The ma'aseh kind of proves, potentially, that I had kavanah. But that really, again, Okot gets into an important conversation on the sugyav, mitzvot sirichot kavanah, or not. Yeah, the class is on recording. I'm trying to remember the two two times that we discussed this. Uh, maybe one of them was in the context of the um, uh, embarrassing, contending with embarrassing origins, when we talked about many minhagim, which came about from Shabtai Tzvi and others, because Nodabi Hudan notably was very nervous about this being a false and negative influence and looking to root it out. We certainly, I think, in that context, discussed it, uh, potentially in a class where we talked about Hacham Vadya Yosef's. Yes, we talked in the in the uh, in Hacham Vadya Yosef. And changing halacha in, in number one, we talked about this as well because there was an attack from um, the Mekubalim uh, of his time period on his position on this matter, claiming, how could you do away with this? Look how you talked about Ben Ishai and how he in turn uh, rationalized it. So in each of those classes, we addressed this issue. So that's the Gemara. Okay, back to our issue. The question was, if you recall, I know we uh, digress so much, but we have a question here in the Sugya, in the Gemara. The Gemara is questioning if in a circumstance that a person is holding beer but thinks they're holding wine, in their mindset, in the first part of the Beracha, they're about to say, Bore and they fix it according to Rashi and say instead of another excuse me they're holding beer and they thought there was and they fix it and say did they fulfill the mitzvah do we go based on the first part where they thought they were going to say or the second part where they rightfully said says the I'll bring a proof 
Well, would you know it? It has something, we knew it had to have something to do with our Mishnah. Here's what it has to do with our Mishnah and our issues. If you recall, the broader context of our sugya is the Birkot Kiryat Sheba. That's what the Mishnah was talking about. Says the Beraita the following, Shaharit, in Shaharit, morning prayers, Patah, if a person began... The Bekot Kriyat Shema, that means after Barechu, they begin the Bekot Kriyat Shema with Yoser Or. That's the way you want it to be. Vesiyem, but they finish their final Lakel Baruch Nimotitenu on page uh, 54 in the Kol Yaakov. They say Baruch Atah Hashem, instead of Yoser Ameorot, they say Ma'ariv Aravim, which is the words you would do in Arbit. So it means the opening was wrong, it was right, and the closing was wrong, Lo Yasa. Oh, that's very telling. Patah alternatively, incorrectly, Seems clear from this statement in the Beraitan. We'll see the flip side in terms of Albita as well, that the Siyum, the Hatima, is what it's all about. That's how we'll determine whether it was a proper Beracha or not. And as a result, in our initial question, would you be Yotzeh or not? Again, the circumstances, I'm holding beer. I think it's wine. Baruch HaTashem, we can I think I'm saying Bore Priya Gefin. Wrongful opening. But my closing is, Shakon Yabit Baruch. Yatza. That's what we're going to do based on this. Wrongful opening. It's wrongful intention. Wrongful it is, intention. It happens to be the right words. I think True. that should be a factor in this. True. Um, it is the right words. It's just, you didn't mean to say... It happened to be the same words. Okay, so kol sheken. If you're going to fulfill it with saying the wrong words in Kibirkot Kirigat Shema, so you're certainly going to fulfill it with saying the right words with wrong yeah. intentionality. So I know that you have a kol sheken on our Gemara. Okay, alternatively, Arbit. If it's evening, Patah b'ma'ari v'aravim, you began with the proper words. Visiyem b'yoser or, but you finished with yoser or, the wrong closing in terms of the final words of the Beracha lo yatsa. Patah alternatively b'yoser or, wrong opening, you're supposed to say Baruch HaTashem, ma'ari v'aravim b'chokmah v'siyem. But you finish with the proper words, ma'ari v'aravim yasa. Concludes this Beraita and tells us, k'lalo shil davar. Principle of the matter is everything's based on the closing. Well, that's it. We solved our question. Question was where patah be adata de hamra. You thought you were going to say gefi. Ultimately said niabid Keep in mind, by the way, your question is not a real question according to Harambam and Rif, right? Where they believe that the whole Beracha was done and then you're only afterwards fixed it with those words. The ma- the mix and matching in the Gemara is perfect right. to a certain extent, to a certain extent. It's better than Rashi's, uh, um, it's easier to understand than Rashi's uh, mixing and matching. Says the Gemara Shaneh HaTam, that case by the Berkot Kiryat Shema is different and will have different laws. Why so? De Ka'amar, over there, you said, Baruch Yoser HaMe'orot. Your final line was a full-fledged Beracha. Whereas in our Beracha, you said, Baruch HaTashem Elkeinu Melech HaOlam. We'll do it like Rashi, but again, it would go the same way according to the others. Your final words of, Shehakol Nihiyah were detached from any Baruch HaTashem. Right? You, you don't have enough words over there. In Berkot Kiryat Shema, you start with Baruch Hashem, and you finish with Baruch Hashem. So although my opening may have been wrong, but my final words were not just a few words, Yoser HaMeorot, which were right, or Ma'ari Varavim, which were right. They were also preceded with Baruch Hashem. You don't have that in the Baruch HaKesara. That, in and of itself, so to speak, saved my beracha, that I had a full-fledged beracha. So let's come on out. It's a beautiful interpretation, but guess what? Not everyone agrees that just saying Baruch Hashem is considered a full-fledged beracha. What are we missing? We're missing, missing Elokeinu Melech HaOlam. 
maybe the only way we qualify it as a beracha, in which case you could make this claim, but I finished with a full-fledged beracha, is if you said, okay, that's where the Gemara is going right now. Says the Gemara, Haniha, this is all understood, your disproof, Lerav, according to Rav, who maintains that, according to Rav, a beracha is defined by just having Haskarat Hashem, Baruch Ata Hashem. Okay, now you can make your claim that that case is different. You can't bring proof. According to Biohanan, where you need not only Shem, Hashem, but you need Ilkenu Melechaolam, that's Malchut, the kingship, and Abraham Maikalememar. How will you in turn suggest that this is not a proof? Keep in mind, the Gemara has a safik. What's the halacha? We maybe solved it according to the Biohanan. We could have said, according to the Biohanan, you don't have a closing of a beracha, you just have Baruch Hashem. Ela, we have a different reason, says the Gemara, why the berachot of Kiryachima cannot serve as the proof for our question with the small beracha we call it. Beracha Ketzarav, Shakon Bore Pregefen, Kevan de Amar Babar Ula, Kedelaskir Midat Yom Balayla, Midat Layla Bayom, Kikamar, Baracha, Umalchut, Meikara, if you recall, just a few classes ago, we talked about this concept that both in the morning we saw it at the top of Daf Yod Aleph Amud Bet, and in the evening you want to mention night and day. If you recall, the interpretation based on the Gemara elsewhere, as Rabbi Yonah helped us, um, was that heretics might hear you making a Barakah in the morning just on light, and they'll say, "Oh, different God for night." And at night, just at night, different God for day. It was an old pagan type of concept. So as a result, we start off, Baruch HaTashem Akir Machalam Yoser Or Ubore Hoshech. We want to specifically mention Hoshech in order to make clear that this is both. In evening, the Gemara said, you have Golel Or Mipene Hoshech. You have Or and Hoshech. Well, that being the case, says the Gemara, maybe these Berachot are different. Why are they different? Imagine it like this. It's the morning. Now I begin. I mentioned as part of my wrongful beracha, my evening beracha, or as well. Which is what I'm supposed to do in the morning. Or en choshech. And now it's, oh my goodness, Baruch did I fulfill it? Well, you didn't. No, I did. I started Baruch Hashem Okenu Melech Haolam, and I had mention of day and night. That's why I fulfilled it. Was it quote the words that we generally would say? No, but did it get the concept? It did. Maybe that's why I'm Yotze over there. It's different than over here. That albeit the words might even be identical, but I didn't have the right words in there per se to say that I could point to those words and say that I said it. That's the suggestion of the Gemara. Says the Gemara, maybe another proof. Tashima. Maybe I can bring proof not from the specifics in that Beraita, Patah Bimari Varavim Vesiem Biyoser Or and so forth, but rather from Sefa, from the last words. What were the last words of that Beraita? We read them. Quote, Kelalo Sheldavar Hakololech Har Hachetum. What's the principle of the matter? Everything goes based on the concluding words. Now those are redundant. Those are redundant uh, um, conclusion, conclusionary words of this beraita. The beraita told you if you started with yosir or and finished with ma'ali varavim in the morning lo yatsa. You start with ma'ali varavim finished with yosir or yatsa. I already understand from that and from the next case of Abit that everything's going based on the conclusion. The Beraita in adding those words, Zeha Kelal or Kelalo Sheldava, and the Gemara will do this. Just yesterday I was in uh, in the school with learning Masechet Makot and Davzayin Amutbet, and over there as well. Zeha Kelal says the Gemara, what's that Le'ituye? What's it coming to include? You can't and should not assume that those words are just redundant just to make it more clear. It was clear already. Our assumption is we're learning and we're understanding. 
What do those words coming to include? Suggest the Gemara. What are those words coming to include that we wouldn't have known from the Obviously, and the suggestion, the rhetorical question is, it's coming to include that which we're talking about. What are we talking about? That's what it must be coming to include. Not as you suggested anything else. Because again, anything else was that was explicitly stated. You have final words of probably coming to teach me a new Hidush. What's the new Hidush? That even in like ours, where the words were not stated appropriately in the initial segment, I'm still going to be Yotze if I got the final, the Hitum, the Hatima, the final words right. So that's a Gemara. No, no, I can argue that there's, and again, I have ambiguous words and I need to determine what they're teaching me. They could teach me A or B. A is a bigger Hidush, B is a lesser Hidush. I'm going to go with B. Right? Because uh, the principle in general is Tafasta Mirube Lotas Fasta. The more you try to include, the less certain you are. If I could at the very least say maybe is referring to this. I'll say that instead of going further. I say to you, you know, I have an interpretation to why the person did that. I say something wow, out of the ballpark. Oh, I say something that's a little less out of the ballpark, takes a little less imagination over here. And as a result, that's what the Gemara says. Lo li'ituye nahama v'tamre. What a nahama? Nahama means bread. Name is bread. And, or nem. And, uh, and, and uh, tamre, of course, is dates. What's bread and dates? What are you referring to? Hechidame, what's the case of bread and dates that we were coming to include that's somehow different than what we were referring to? Maybe it's the following. I can't uh, make up a good case other than the person was drunk uh, or, I don't know, or just not lucid. But they ate, the case is, they ate bread, but they thought that they ate dates. They're done. They're up to al or up to Bekatamazon. Since they thought they ate dates, but they really ate bread. And they think they're going to say, And they realize, I ate bread, I need to say Bekatamazon. And they finish. Okay, if that's the case, that's exactly our question. That's not, you didn't solve it. Okay, if, yeah, if that's if they, if it goes based on the conclusion, then I have an answer to our question initially. No, it's more simple than our case. It's it's the flip way. It's the other way. How so? Person ate dates, but they believed that they ate bread. They began thinking not al ha'etz, but rather berkat hamazon. If they said berkat hamazon on dates, were they fulfilling their mitzvah? It's exactly identical to our case of I thought it was beer, but it was really wine. I started thinking I'm going to say shehakol. I said boreprayagif, and I fulfilled it. Even if I finished with shehakol, I fulfilled it. Over here, the Gemara will tell us that since dates are mezan zayene, give, they provide a very high level of nourishment. Saying berkat amazon is unnecessary. You're allowed to say al but you could fulfill it. It's exactly identical to the case of, again, 
the one that we started the sugya with peshita. It's simple. If you're holding wine and you thought it was beer and you started with it in mindset shehakol, but you finished with bore, of course you fulfilled it. Why? Because the iname, even if it was shehakol that you said, in conclusion, you fulfilled it. So too over here. Says the Gemara, da'afilu siyem even if you finished with, out realizing, and you didn't say al hayat v'apriyat, but you finished hazan etakol, name yasam, ma'ita'ama, what's the reason? Detamre name, dates as well, mezan zayene, they nourish to the extent that it's not inappropriate. It's wholly appropriate to say bekat hamazon, although unnecessary. And as I meant, go ahead. I don't understand the second proof that because we have, we said that there's a rule, it's, it's all-inclusive. Yeah, so it goes that. like this. In other words, it, in today's day and age, if I'm teaching a class, if I'm do, or I'm writing an essay for all intents and purposes, it's altogether appropriate to do what the Gemara will never imagine the Mishnah will do. In other words, what I mean by that is, I'll open with a statement, a good essay is written in such a fashion, at least as the way I was taught in writing class, right? You open with your proposition. Then you give one or two examples in order to prove that point or to okay. set forth your theory. And then you conclude with, in a different way, but effectively just your same point that you stated at the beginning and developed throughout. Right. It's a beautiful essay. It's not the way a Mishnah would be written. A Mishnah is written as a law book. It's not an essay. It's not something which is re- written for the uh, for the nice rhetoric or the good feeling and reading and having. It's written as a law book. Here's the law, A and B. You're supposed to, in turn, we're supposed to, in turn, say, what's the rule of A and B? If the Mishnah says, here's A and here's B, let me tell you the rule, the let me tell you the rule is unnecessary. Why does it say, let me tell you the rule? Anytime the Mishnah will do that, nearly every time, the Gemara will then say, why did you do that? What was that coming to include? It must have been my conclusion sentence, my paragraph, is not just to make it look nice and to reiterate, it's to include something that I didn't see earlier. It's always a challenge of the rabbi, so what's it coming to include? So the suggestion in turn over here is, again, I had four cases. They demonstrated to me, really two, which were two each, they demonstrated to me that everything goes based on the final words. So again, ze klalo shel davar. Here's klalo shel davar. Hakolo lecha harachitum. Those words are redundant. In your nine uh, classes and essays, we do it that way. In Mishnah, we don't do it that way. That's why the Gemara begins to believe that it must be referring to something altogether different. It's better not to say Zerachal or not to give examples. But if you do both, something's up. So it's something's up, which makes us understand you're including something else. That Mishnah right. that I was referring to in Masechet Makot, just for, you know, just to give you an analog, was talking about the fact that in order to get Ir Miklat, if you killed accidentally, it needs to be in a downward, the Pasuk says, Vayapelalav, a downward direction. So the Mishnah gives three examples. I'll just tell you one of them. One of them is if you're walking up a ladder, and you fall and kill someone, as opposed to if you're walking down a ladder. Difference between if you get galut when you're going down, as opposed to if you're going up, galut is here, miklat. And then two other examples, if you're smoothing down on your roof, or smoothing up on your roof, in other words, the motion of your hand. And the third one is, uh, I'm going out of order, is if you're pulling up a barrel to the top of your roof, and it breaks, and, and kills someone, or you're pushing it down. Each of those, and then the Mishnah says, Zehakla. So the Gemara, what, what are those words for? They must be telling. And the Gemara's hidushes, it's talking about katsava, butcher, whatever. But the reason the Gemara says that is because you don't just have redundant uh, reiteration in different words at the end of the Mishnah. That's what was taking place over here as well. Effectively, then, our sugya raises a question of do we go based on piticha? or siyum, and never reaches a conclusion. It should be noted as well that in the context of Sefirat Omer, this question is raised, not in the Gemara, but it's in Shulchan Aruch, who in turn is quoting it from Ra'avya. Interestingly, over there, it goes like this. 
ברוך אתה השם אלוקים למלך העולם, להול ברכה, שכדי שאנחנו סותם צבאנו על סבירת העומר, I think that today the example of שולחן הלוך, I think from רב יאיר, that it's five days in the עומר. And then I realized before I say that היום, that it's the sixth day of the עומר, did I fulfill it or not? Keep in mind, the whole ברכה over there is with the wrong mindset, but it's with the mindset of סבירת העומר. Right, so in other words, this conversation is not necessarily the right thing to plug into there, but in terms of a practical ramification, which does happen, because a person will be doing that and then realize, and the halakha there in Shohan Aruch is your yotze. That doesn't per se, again, have ramifications to over here. It should be noted as well that that might get into the conversation, Chacham Vadya Yosef and others, Bet Yosef himself gets into this, of maybe that proves that Sfirat HaOmer is Midr Banan. Keep in mind, whatever the conclusion the halakha in our sugya is going to be, is most of the berachot we were talking about in our sugya are Midr Banan. The berachot are only rabbinically speaking, uh, only rabbinic. Is Firat Omer from the Torah Midrabanan? That might be a proof, the fact that we're going leniently over there, that it's only Midrabanan. Alternatively, as you just mentioned a moment ago, maybe the mitzvah is to count, and the particulars of the night are not per se the mitzvah from the Torah. You're supposed to be counting. I got it wrong a little bit. Maybe that would be. So that's what, what births a big conversation between the poskim in that context. But again, next class will hopefully conclude this with regards to the other approaches, halachal and then move onward. Baruch Adonai. Amen, amen.